Are you willing to follow God no matter what he asked us to do? Are we so surrendered that we're willing to follow God and to go with him no matter where, no matter how he leads us? Amen. 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 I pray God will put that song in your spirit, put that song in your heart that you wake up in the middle of the night singing my soul finds rest. My soul finds strength. My soul finds joy in the Savior's hand. Amen. Amen. First, giving honor to our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And to all of God's people, amen, that are gathered with us, both in person and virtual. I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. Amen. Our scripture text this morning, if you would turn your attention once again uh, back to the book of Ruth, the first chapter, um, I want to lift up verses 14 through 18. That's Ruth, the first chapter in verses 14 through 18. And it reads. And again, they wept together and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied. Don't ask me to leave you and to turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her. She said nothing more. Amen. I want to share today from the subject of what's your level of commitment? What's your level of commitment? Let us pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for this day, God, and we thank you, God, for this moment that we're entering into. We thank you, God, that we have another opportunity to come into your presence, another opportunity, O oh God, to bless your holy and righteous name, another opportunity, O oh God, to give you glory, to give you honor, and to give you praise. I ask now, God, that you would come in this moment and use me for your will and for your glory. Come, O oh God, in all of your glory. Come, Father, have thine own way. And God, use me for your will and for your glory. And I ask now, God, that you'd open our ears and help us to listen. Open our eyes, for we want to see Jesus. Then open our hearts that we might receive him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the blessed Holy Ghost. Amen. What's your level of commitment? I received my first opportunity on Friday to attend uh, my granddaughter's volleyball game and, and while they did not win the game, I was proud of the effort that she and her teammates put up. 
Uh, they did the best that they could under the circumstances and and they were putting up the fight. Amen. But I'm grateful and thankful that as they began to play this game and and even in the discussion that followed after the game. When I look at it, I'm looking at it from a perspective because I have played sports and I have coached sports before. And I understand the mentality and, and the heart and the comp competitiveness that it takes to win a game and that it takes to compete in the game. I understand that there are players that are at different levels and, and that there are players who have different skill sets within the game. And some of the players are more skilled than others, and some of the players will produce more than others. But the one thing that I understand that it takes from each and every player that gets on the court or gets on the field, it takes commitment. Each and every player has to be committed to putting in the work. Each and every player has to be committed into putting in the practice, the hard work, the effort in order for the team to find and have success. But every player is not committed to practicing. Every player is not committed to getting better. Every player does not put forth the same commitment as the other players on the team. But it's up to the coach and it's up to the, those that are responsible for the team to try to encourage the players to be committed. To try to encourage each and every player to put the level of commitment that is required into the team so that they can find success. You compete as a team. You win as a team. But often too many times people will compete individually within a team sport and cost the team success. But when we think about what we see in before us today and we think about the text that we have before us, our text shows us three levels of commitment. Yes, our text shows us three levels of commitment that people have when it comes to living a life with God. I want us to understand that it's important for us to strive to achieve the highest level of commitment so that God can, uh, that in spite of the, the struggles and the weaknesses that we have, that God can be glorified. Yes, it's up to us to show and have the highest level of commitment that in spite of our weaknesses or our struggles, God may be glorified. Can we talk about commitment this morning? One of the things that we have to understand and see in our text is this, that when we talk about commitment and we talk about being committed to God, that we have to make sure that we understand those that have a weak commitment. Yes, there are some believers who have a weak commitment. Yes, they are committed barely. They are committed sometimes. They are committed if they feel like it, they're committed when it's convenient. But we have to understand that these are people who are displaying a weak commitment. If you look at Orpah and it says that Orpah was in the same situation as Ruth and Naomi. Orpah was heard the same thing that Ruth heard. Orpah expressed the same thing in the beginning that Ruth expressed, that they would go with Naomi wherever she goes. But as Naomi began to plead with the two ladies, he be she began to plead with them, go back to your people's house. Go back to your people. Go back to the land which you are from. It doesn't take Orpah much before she turns around and goes back. That's how some people are. It doesn't take much to turn them around. 
They are barely committed and it doesn't take much to turn them around and send them back to where they have come from. To send them back into the direction in which they have come. And I want us to understand and know I hope that we are not in this category of people where it's easy to turn us around. It's easy to get us to go back into another direction. It's easy to get us to go back to that which we came out of. I pray that we understand that it's time for us to move into what God has for us, but we have to have people that are committed. Yes, people who are committed to the work of the gospel, people who are committed to the work of the kingdom of God. And notice this, even though they have a reason to press on, these people often will turn back. Oprah had every reason to keep going. Oprah had every reason to stay with Naomi and Ruth. Oprah had every reason to keep following, but she decided that she was going to turn back. She decided that it, even at the very mere words of her mother-in-law, just to turn around and go back to her people. People are easily persuaded by words. Be careful about people who are easily persuaded by words. They are easily persuaded by the words of others. They are easily persuaded by the words of the enemy. They are easily persuaded by words. And we've got to be careful about being easily persuaded by words. Oprah heard the same thing that Ruth heard, yet she turned around to go back to her people. One of the reasons that she also turned around is because she had no hope or no vision of hope. Yes, when you think about Oprah and, and, and you think about Ruth, they both were going in the same direction. They both were following the same woman. But one had hope and the other had no hope. She had no vision of hope. And be careful about having no vision of hope or being around hopeless people. Amen. People that don't have any vision. People that can only see the, the meekness and the dreariness of the situation. They can't see the beauty of what could be. They can't see the possibilities of what God may have in store for us. Instead, they hold on to what they see and they hold on to the things that bring you down. And instead of having hope, they have hopelessness and they have a vision of hopelessness. Hopelessness can derail your faith. When you think about people who are hopeless, they, they begin to spread that negativity. They begin to spread that hopelessness to others. And if the wrong people hear it, if weak, committed people hear it, they will turn back and go back out into the world. We need people that are fully committed. We need people that are strong in their commitment to be able to move forward in life and not listen to hopeless people and not to have no vision of hope, but they have hope in their front view. They have hope ahead of them. They have hope for the future. They have hope knowing that God has everything in the control of his hand. And notice this too, they would rather turn back to what they know rather than to operate in faith. Sometimes when we don't have the fullest commitment, We'll turn back to what we know rather than operating in faith. When you look at Oprah, Ruth and Oprah were in the same position. Oprah decided that she could not see faith in the future. She could not see going beyond where they were. I'll go back to what I know. I'll go back to the comforts that I know. I'll go back to the people that I know. I'll go back to the, the ways that I know. I'll go back instead of going forward with faith. We need people that are willing to move forward with faith, not to go back 
in weakness, not to go back, but to move forward in faith. Are you willing to move forward in faith? We need the type of people who can see in front of them. They may not know every detail. They may not know where the road is going to end, but they're going forward in faith anyway. They're moving forward in faith anyway because they understand that in front of me is God. In front of me, God is leading. In front of me, God is guiding. In front of me, I know that God has been good because he's been good in my past. He's been good even in my present. And if I know that God's been good past and present, I can look to him in the future and know that God can still be good in the future. So I'll press forward, even though I don't know what the future may hold, I know that God holds the future. And when we understand that thing and we understand that we've got to move forward, but these are the weak commitment. But people with faith cannot operate outside. They cannot operate outside of the comfort of knowing. People with weak faith cannot operate outside the comfort of knowing. Some of us may know people like that. Unless they know every little detail. Unless they know everything that's going on, they can't go forward. I'm not going because I don't know everything that's going on. I'm not going because I don't know all of the details. What if Abraham would have said, I'm not going? What if Abraham would have said, I don't know exactly where you're taking me, God, so I'm not going to go. And until you tell me exactly where I'm going, God, I'm not going. He would have never been known as the father of faith. Did Abraham have it right the entire journey? No, he stumbled and fell along the way. That's comforting news to us that even though we may not know the entirety of the journey, even though we may not know where it's going to wind up or where we will exactly wind up. We know that God is going to lead us in God. And if we just keep holding on to the unchanging hand of God, we'll wind up where God wants us to be. If we hold on to the unchanging hand of God and walk by faith and not by sight. The problem is we have too many people that are willing to walk by sight and not by faith. God says, I need you to walk by faith because there are going to come some times when you can't see where I'm taking you. There are going to come some times when you don't know exactly where the road is going to end. And I need you to trust me that I'm going to bring you out. I need you to trust me that I'm taking you into a good thing. I need you to trust me that I've got you no matter what it looks like. Because there can be some times when things look bad all around us. There can be some times when things don't look like they're going to work out. But because we're on the Lord's side, because we're trusting God, because we're leaning on the everlasting arms of our Savior, he's going to lead us where he wants us to be. We have to understand that there are those who have weak commitment. But not only are there those who have weak commitment. There are also those that struggle with commitment. Yes, there are those that struggle with commitment. When I understand that there are some people who struggle in their commitment, they're committed sometimes, but they they struggle within the midst of that commitment. Naomi represents those people who are committed but struggling. See, Naomi's struggle is caused by her experience. Sometimes we can let our experiences cause us to struggle in life. When you think about what Naomi has been through, she's she's lost her her husband. She's lost her, her two sons. She's had a shift in her faith because she's left the land that God had brought them to. And when they left the land, in according to what some have said, leaving the land constituted you leaving your God or leaving your faith. She's also experienced lack and she's experienced the loss and she's experienced the loss of hope. She's had all of these experiences while they have been there in the land of Moab. And when you think about it, it started off when her husband left 
to go to Moab in the first place. When he saw that the famine was coming and he saw that it was time to move out, but began to understand this. It wasn't time for them to move out. It was time for them to trust God. But her husband shows lack of trust in God because he takes the family and goes to Moab. He didn't wait until things had gotten so severe. He left while he still had resources. It shows me that he wasn't trusting God. He didn't wait until God had given a plan, but he, he left before that. It shows me that he wasn't trusting God. So as a point of them shifting, having a shift in her faith, having a shift in her faith because her husband had led her in an effort away from God instead of trusting God. And in the midst of moving away from God, she's experienced lack. She's experienced loss and she's experienced hopelessness. And even as she tells her two daughter-in-laws not to follow her anymore because she said, my future is hopeless. In effort, she said, I'm going to go back to Judah. I'm going to go back to my homeland. But I'm going back with no hope. I'm going back with bitterness. And as a result of that, she's struggling in her commitment. She's struggling to stay committed. She's struggling to, to have this mindset that tells her to keep pressing. She's struggling. And if we are truthful and honest, sometimes we struggle in our commitment. Sometimes we struggle going where we're supposed to go. Sometimes we struggle in doing what we're supposed to do. And we struggle. But the question, why are we struggling? Why do we struggle in going where we're supposed to go and doing what we're supposed to do? When we think about what God has called some of us to, am I committed to the calling? Am I committed to walking in what God has called me to? We need to make sure that when we talk about the body of Christ, that we've got to have committed people. Yes, we may be struggling, but I encourage you to keep pressing in spite of the struggle that you may be going through. Keep pressing in spite of the difficulties that you may be experiencing. Keep pressing in spite of the struggles that you're having. Keep pressing in spite of those things. Because let me tell you this, there are some, some choir members that struggle. They struggle with coming every week to practice. They struggle with coming every Sunday to sing. They struggle with, with being there. They struggle with having that pressure on them. There's some ushers who struggle every Sunday. They struggle with being the one who has to stand on the door. They struggle with being the one when nobody else shows up. They're having to be the one that stands on the door. They're struggling. They're struggling in their commitment. And yes, there are even some who struggle in the pulpit. They struggle every Sunday to come to a people that they feel like are not trusting them and the people that are not supporting. They struggle every Sunday, but yet they keep coming nonetheless. Yes, they sometimes struggle to the point of wanting to give up. But we got to understand that even in our struggles, even in our weaknesses, we've got to be committed to the work of the kingdom. We've got to have choir members that are committed no matter what. Yes, I'm coming to sing to the glory of the Lord. Yes, I may not feel it all the time. I, I may be tired and weary sometimes, but God is counting on me to come and give praise and glory. The people are counting on me to come and exhort them and to help lift them up in praise and glory to God. Yes, the ushers are standing on the door. The people are counting on them to be at the door, to give direction, to, to give comfort when needed, and to be support where the support is needed. Yes, the preacher is coming every Sunday and he needs to keep coming and he needs to he needs to keep preaching because there are the people who have come to be exhorted in the word of God. There are the people who have come who need to be ministered to. But how can these things happen if we are not following through on our commitment? We've got to make sure that we are staying committed. Well, how can I do this, Jones? I, I believe if you look at our text. Ruth kind of shows uh, Naomi how it is to be committed with the encouragement. They can keep going. 
Sometimes we got to come alongside people that we see are struggling and, and ask them to keep going. We got to come alongside them and encourage them to tell them that they're doing a good job. To tell them that, that God is working in them and through them. To tell them that they appreciate the work that they're doing. They appreciate the service that they're giving to the kingdom of God. It's those moments of encouragement that will keep some people going. It's those moments of encouragement that will help somebody in the midst of the struggle that they have. When you think about how many people are on the verge of giving up or how many people are on the verge of quitting, how many people are on the verge of walking away from the faith, if they just get a word of encouragement, if they just get a word that tells them how good God is moving in their life, if they just get a word of encouragement saying, I appreciate what you do, maybe it will keep them hanging on and holding on a little longer. Then there are the relationships with the strong people of faith. Everybody should have a strong person of faith in their life. The strong, strong person of faith, that person who has, has seemed to have gotten it together. Not all of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. But there are some who seem to have it together a little more than others. And you're able to come along somebody who may be weak or somebody who may be struggling. And you're able to encourage them. Even though you may know that there are some struggles that you have yourself, but you're so committed that you're going to push through your struggles. And you can come along somebody else who may be struggling or may be weak in their struggle. And they, you can tell them that God is still moving, that God is still good, that God is still worthy of praise, that God is still worthy of service, that God is still on the throne. And you can come because you have a strong faith. You, you're strong in your faith. And because you're strong in your faith, you can help encourage somebody else to keep fighting, to keep pressing, to keep moving forward. Don't you remember when Paul found himself? going through. Don't you remember when David found himself going through? And David said, I had to encourage myself. Hallelujah. Sometimes you got to be your own encouragement. Sometimes you got to say to yourself, Jones, keep going. Sometimes you got to say to yourself, Jones, keep praying. Sometimes you got to say to yourself, Jones, keep serving the Lord. Jones, keep on doing the thing that God has called you to do. Sometimes you got to say the same thing to yourself. Sometimes you got to say, God, for you, I live and for you, I die. And you encourage yourself in the Lord. And then there's the witness of others. Witness that we give. Witness that we share with others. You may see somebody on the verge of giving up. And you know that you've been in that place where you struggled. You struggled with quitting. You struggled with walking back and going back into the world. But then you know that God was on your side and God delivered you because you had a strong person of faith come and encourage you. So now you can be the same thing to them. You can be their witness that God can bring them through, that God can deliver them. That's one of the reasons that testimonies are good, because it tells somebody else that God can and God will bring you through. That God can and God will deliver you. That's why I'm so glad that in our prayer time, we allow opportunities for people to give their testimony because it allows somebody else to hear. Because we never know what somebody else is going through. Somebody else may be on the verge of struggling in their, their heart and somebody may be on the verge of dealing with some type of health challenge. But then somebody gives their testimony of how God brought them out, how God delivered them, how God set them free. And as you hear that testimony, it encourages you, it strengthens you to let you know that God can bring you through as well. To let you know that God can bring you out the same way that he's brought them out. To let you know that God can deliver them the same way that he's delivered, delivered you, the same way he delivered them to let you know that God is still moving that God is still active and that God is still on the throne and because God is still on the throne you got hope 
And because you got hope, they gave you their witness to let you know that all things are possible with God. But then when you consider what God is doing. And the third thing that I want us to see and to understand. There are those that have a strong commitment. Yes, there are those who have a strong commitment in the Lord and in our faith. Yes, those those who have that strong commitment and because they have that strong commitment, because God is moving in their life and because they are determined to hold on no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, they're going to keep going. If you look at the text, we immediately discover that we are left without some important information. It doesn't tell us why Ruth is following or trans being transformed. It doesn't tell us all the things that we need to know in order to see why Ruth has come to the level of commitment. After all, Ruth is not a Hebrew or an Israelite. After all, it, uh, Ruth did not grow up following Yahweh. Ruth did not have all of the things necessary in place to build her up in her faith. So how is it that out of all the women in this text, she becomes the one who displays the strongest level of commitment? We're left to wonder and to arrive at our own conclusion of how this can happen, to wonder how all of this could take place, to wonder how Ruth could come to the place where she has that she has become a strong follower in the ways of Judaism. When we think about this and we understand that this text will show us and display to us what Ruth has done and how Ruth has gotten to the place that she is. When you look at Ruth in this text, Ruth was making a declaration of faith. When you look at what she says, she says, wherever you go, I'll go. Whoever your God is will be my God. Wherever the land you go to, I'm going to go there as well. Wherever you die, I will die. And then she says, if anything but death separates us, may God deal with me. That's a strong statement of faith. I don't know where you're going, but I'm going. I don't know exactly all about your God, but he's going to be my God, too. It's a strong statement of faith. When you see the word wherever, that one word lets you know that it's by faith that Ruth is making her decision. Because wherever is unclear. It's what we call ambiguity there in the text because I don't know where she's going. I don't exactly know everything about her God. I, I don't know when she's going to die, but I know that one thing is for sure. Whatever and whenever I'll be there. I'm going to go with her wherever she's going. I'm going to be with her wherever she's going. I'm going to follow the God that she follows. I'm going to do everything in my power to keep this commitment that I have. Ruth's faith says no matter what the future holds, I'll follow you. We've got to ask ourselves a question. And in case you think that's still talking about two women following each other, we've got to ask ourselves a question about that with God. Wherever God leads me, I'll follow. Wherever God is taking me, I'll go. Do we have that level of commitment? No matter what the future may hold with God, I'm willing to go all the way. Amen. The, the Bible tells us that if we just follow what God has told us to do, that he will lead us rightly. That he will lead us to the place that he wants us to be. That he will lead us in holiness and in righteousness. But we've got to follow him and follow the path that he's laid out. Ruth was doing exactly that. She was following and she was willing to be fully committed to following Naomi. 
She was not only being willing to follow Naomi, Naomi, but she was also being willing to follow the God that Naomi followed. To follow the God that she served. And one thing that we got to understand as well. She was willing to surrender. Ruth surrendered, surrendered her will. She surrendered to the point of total trust. Now she could have did the same thing that Orpah did. Go back to where I come from. Go back to the land in which I lived. And if I go back to the land in which I lived, if I go back into the land of which I've come from, I can find myself in the comforts of my homeland. I can find myself in the comforts of what I knew. But instead, she said, I'd rather go with you and follow the God that you follow. I'd rather surrender my will and follow the God called Yahweh. I'd rather surrender my will and follow the God that you are trusting in. Are you willing to follow God and to trust him no matter what? Are you willing to follow God and trust him no matter where he leads you or no matter where he takes you? Are you willing to follow God no matter what he asks us to do? Are we so surrendered that we're willing to follow God and to go with him no matter where, no matter how he leads us? But not only that, she forsake, she forsook all that she knew in order to follow and trust in Naomi's God. She left all that she knew. Remember, I said earlier, when you left your land, it meant you were separating from your God. When they left the land, it meant that they were separating from the God of the Moabites and that they were willing to follow She's willing to now follow the God of the Jews called Yahweh. If you remember when the Jews were in trouble, when Israel sinned against God and God took them out of the land, they were separating from their God. They were being pulled away from the land where God dwelled with them. They were being pulled away from the land where God was speaking to them on a regular. They were being pulled away from their land and pulled away from their God. And then they were put into a foreign land, a land that was idolatrous, a land that served other gods. And as they served in that land, they were being persuaded to transition over to these gods. But God always has a remnant. He always has some committed folk that won't give up. He always has some committed folk that won't throw in the towel. He always has some committed folk that won't, that won't serve other gods. He always has some committed folk that will keep serving him no matter what. And we see that even here, Ruth represents those type of people, that remnant that will follow God no matter what. When everybody else is saying, we need to throw in the towel, they'll say, no, we need to keep going. When everybody else wants to throw up their hand, they'll say, no, we need to keep going. When everybody else is unwilling to follow after God. They're willing to keep following God no matter what. You can throw up your hands if you want to, but I'm going to keep my head down and keep working for the Lord. You can turn back if you want to, but I'm going to keep going and keep flowing until I find what God wants me to do. I'm going to keep going in the name of the Lord. And that shows me that Ruth was fully devoted in her heart. Yes, she was fully devoted in her heart because I'm going to keep going no matter what. You can call it struggling if you want to, but I'll stay on the struggle bus as long as it would go forward as long as we're pressing on I'll keep going I'll keep going and I'm going to keep going even if I got to go by myself I'm going to keep on going I'm going to keep serving I'm going to keep worshiping I'm going to keep praising I'm going to keep serving the Lord because I know that my God is good and because he's good because he saved me because he redeemed me because he lifted me up out of the depths of despair because he lifted me up out of sin because he made out a way out of no way for me because he delivered me from hell 
hell and from sin. Because he's my God. And because of that, I'm going to follow him all the way. I've got to be committed to the end. I can't give up. I won't quit. I won't stop. I hope you can say that in your mind. You won't quit. You won't stop. You won't give up. But you'll be so committed that you'll follow him even until the end. You'll follow him all the way to the day that you give your dying breath. And you can give your dying breath saying, praise ye the Lord. Because the Lord is good. Praise ye the Lord. I followed him all the way. Praise the Lord. I was committed to the end. And when they stand and give your eulogy, I don't want to stand over somebody and say, well, they was partially committed to the Lord. They had a weak faith when it came to the Lord. Well, they were somewhat committed to the Lord. Well, they were struggling on their commitment to the Lord. I want to be able to stand and preach somebody's feelings and say, they were committed to the Lord all the way. There's no doubt about it in my mind. They were committed to the Lord. They were committed to the end. They didn't give up. Yes, they had some struggles along the way, but they kept on pressing. They had struggles along the way, but they kept on going. People came and talked negative, but they didn't let the words deter them. They kept on going in the name of the Lord. I want to be able to say that about it because in the end when they say well done thy good and faithful servant I don't want to stand over anybody's coffin and lie and say that the Lord said well done thy good and faithful servant when you know they gave up along the way. When you know that they quit along the way. When you know that they did not have a chance because they were struggling every day that they were here and they were allowing the struggle to get to them. But I want to be able to say they kept the faith they kept the fight and they kept on until the finish. They kept on until the end and the Lord has blessed them. They have gone into their reward because God has blessed their faithfulness. Amen. When we understand that you've got to be faithful even to the end. Amen. What's your level of commitment? What's your level of commitment? Do you have a weak commitment? Are you struggling in your commitment? Or do you have a strong commitment? I encourage you today if you are weak or struggling in your commitment I encourage you today to seek a strong commitment to the Lord. Seek a stronger walk with God. Seek a stronger way to live before the Lord. I encourage you today to ask God to send people around you, strong Christians, strong people of faith, strong people of commitment, that they might help encourage you, that they might help strengthen you, that they might help you on this journey till you become one of the strong Christians of faith. Do you become a strong commitment yourself? That you might help somebody else by encouraging them, by witnessing to them that God can and will see you through. Amen. 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 Maybe there's one here today who has not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We don't take it lightly that everyone is saved. We don't take it lightly that God is calling somebody's heart right now. He's asking somebody to come into his kingdom. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're saying that, yes, I've heard the message today and I see that I'm not in the place that I need to be. First of all, you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. You need to be saved. You need to have your soul saved. You need to establish a right relationship with God. And the only way that we do that is by accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And once we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we then can enter into a relationship with God and God will become our father. And then that's when we start the work. We begin to develop in our level of commitment. We may start off weak in our commitment, weak in our faith. But as we grow, we grow to the point that, yes, we struggle sometimes, but we're growing. We're moving forward. We're continuing forward in spite of the struggle to the point that we become a strong Christian, strong in our faith, strong in our commitment. Is there one today who would like to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? 
It may be somebody online who wants to accept Christ as Lord and Savior. We offer this opportunity as well to you that you might come into a faith and find salvation for your soul. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Amen. 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 To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Amen. We pray that God would continue to work in each and every one of us, that he might continue to shape us and mold us into truly committed followers of Jesus Christ, that we might grow in our faith. Not only us, but we might help others to grow. I encourage you, if you know somebody that's struggling in their faith, get alongside them and help them, encourage them, strengthen them. Get alongside them and, and just help them to know that God is still on their side, that God is still moving in their life. Amen. 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 Let us look to the Lord for a benediction. Gracious Father, we thank you. We bless you, God, for all that you are to us. You are our great king, our great God, the lover of our souls. And so, Father, we say thank you. Thank you, God, for how you continue to bless. Thank you for how you continue to heal, how you continue to deliver and to set free. And, Father, we just bless you. We give glory. We give honor to your name. And, God, I ask that you would help those of us who may be weak in our commitment. God, send someone alongside those who are struggling in their commitment, that they might be strengthened, encouraged. And then, God, we pray for those who are strong in their, their commitment, that you help them remain strong, God, that you help them to find encouragement, Lord, that you help them to be able to find strength and rest in you. That as they continue to develop and grow, they will continue to help others to grow and develop as well. So, Father, we thank you. We bless you. We give glory. We give honor to your name. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jones. We want to thank you for joining us in worship this morning. And I pray that this message was a blessing to you. And I hope that you have discovered what your level of commitment is in the body of Christ and what your level of commitment is to the Lord. And I encourage you to continue to grow in your level of commitment. But I want to ask you now, are you saved? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? I want to give you this opportunity to reflect on it and to think about what your relationship with God is. Do you have a relationship with God? Are you seeking a relationship with God? If you have a relationship with the Lord, praise God. But if you don't and you would like to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask that you would pray this prayer with me. Father, it's in the name of Jesus that I've come. I've come, Father, because I don't know you. I want to know you, and I realize that I am lost in my sins. So, Father, I ask that you would come into my life. I believe in your son, Jesus Christ. I believe that he died for my sins. And I believe that he rose again from the dead, paying my sin debt. Father, I want you to come into my life and save me. Save me from my sins. Save me, O oh God. And Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me, O oh God, that I might be used for your kingdom. Then, God, help me to be committed to the work of your kingdom. Help me to be committed to the fellowship of the saints. And help me, Lord, to be devoted and fully committed to promoting your kingdom to those that are lost. Father, I thank you for your saving grace. I thank you for saving me and filling me with the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit. Now, Father, 
Use me for your will and for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have prayed that prayer, why don't you drop us a line at the email below to let us know that you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We want to work with you. We want a chance to get to know you and to grow with you. If you don't have a church home, you're more than welcome to join us here at the Wesley Amy Zion Church at 615 Grandin Road in the city of Charlotte, North Carolina, zip code 28208. Come and join us in worship. Or if you're not comfortable coming in person, you can join us online as well at the information also listed on the screen to join us through our Zoom link that you might connect with us in worship. We want to thank God for you. We want to bless God for you. And we continue to pray that God will use you for his will and for his glory. Welcome to the kingdom. And for those of you who are already in the kingdom, I encourage you, keep striving, keep growing, keep going. Amen.